Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about today's guest because we're going to be talking about memory and how to improve it. And this is a, a tool not only that's important for business, but everyday life, right? How many times have you walked up to somebody and gone, don't remember your name? Or, you know, there's there's something that comes up and you can't remember it. All of these various things. And, you know, or if you've, like, my husband's family who has a lot of kids couldn't always remember who the kids were. Um, but, you know, we, we always are having issues with our memory. And so today we're going to be talking to Chester Santos, who is the international man of memory. And he's going to help us with tips and techniques to improve our memory. So welcome, Chester. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Deb. Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit more about you. And this is one heck of a bio. So U.S. memory champion Chester Santos, the international man of memory, is the world's leading memory skills expert and founder of MemorySchool.net. His memory building tips have been featured on, and here goes all this, this impressive, CNN, ABC, PBS, NBC, CBS, BBC, and the Science Channel. He's been quoted in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Chronicle, Washington Post, and Time Magazine. Hoy, oh my. Chester has presented in over 30 countries with speaking credits that include TEDx, Talks at Google, and the International Festival of Brilliant Minds. So, you know, like I said, oh my gosh, what an impressive resume. But what it does is it make me think, how do you, you know, Chester, how did you even discover that this is something that you were not good at, not great at, certainly not average at, but absolutely fantastic at? So, Deb, it actually all started with me just randomly flipping channels one night. I happened to catch a segment on ABC's 2020, that evening news program. Mm -hmm. They had a segment on the United States National Memory Championship, mm -hmm. and it sparked my interest when I saw it because growing up, I often got the comment from people. People would often say to me, wow, you have a really good memory. Mm -hmm. So when I was watching the segment on the U.S. Memory Championship, I thought, well, people say I have a good memory. Maybe I can do well in this competition. Right. But yeah, but when, when I looked into what the best people in the country were scoring in Various events, mm -hmm. uh, memorizing decks of cards, hundreds of names, hundreds of numbers perfectly in just a matter of a few minutes, mm -hmm. I quickly realized that although I probably did have a very good memory above average, I was nowhere near that level. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started doing a lot of research into, all right, how can I dramatically improve my memory from mm -hmm. where it's currently at uh, based on the research I was doing, I experimented with a lot of different techniques. I found what seemed to be working best for me personally, mm -hmm. to training myself in that subset of techniques until eventually I did manage to win the United States Memory Championship. And since then, I've gone on to spend the last, it's been 12 plus years at this point, training other people around the world in the subset of techniques that I feel can benefit them the most in mm -hmm. their career. Uh, in their personal life, and also to help their kids or grandkids out uh, to do better in mm -hmm. school. I've given presentations now in more than 30 different countries for mm -hmm. various types of organizations. I'm really confident that anybody out there, everyone, no matter your background, you are capable of developing mm -hmm. a powerful memory with the right techniques, and this can help you to be more successful. Great. Now, you know, is this something, so, you know, things that you have memorized, do they stay with you for a short period of time or forever? 
Yes, uh, good question. So with these types of techniques, you will find that automatically you're going to be remembering the information much more long term mm -hmm. than you would with other strategies uh, mm -hmm. in terms of committing things to memory. Because with the techniques that I've mastered over the years and that I teach people in my programs, we are activating many different areas of the brain okay. and you're building extra connections in your mind to the information so automatically it will stay there more long term. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, you will want to combine the types of techniques that we'll talk about today with something called spaced repetition. Mm. So that is reviews spaced out over time as mm -hmm. opposed to cramming, which most people do. So Right. You know, the old college test time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, reviewing something 20, 30 times today will get that into your memory, but only in the short term. Okay. So you might be able to remember it later today, maybe tomorrow, but then it just mm -hmm. will completely vanish mm -hmm. uh, from your from your memory. The better way to do it is space out those reviews over time oh. in conjunction with the types of techniques mm -hmm. that we'll talk about today. And you want to learn how to do this in business because when you can remember presentations, facts and figures to better demonstrate your mm -hmm. expertise, to actually show that you know your stuff. Mm -hmm are going to have more confidence in you mm -hmm. uh, and your abilities. You're more impressive, more memorable to people in, in the business world. Right. And a lot of times those are things that you learned weeks, months, maybe even years before. So just cramming it into your brain right before, say, an important meeting really isn't going to help. It's not effective for long-term memory, no. Right. You know, and I used to do the cramming thing, especially when I was in college, you know, you get the notebook out because I was pretty good at taking notes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would look at, you know, I'd flip through, I'd look at my notebook right before I went in and I could remember not just the context, but actually I could see the page in my mind, you know, and, and so I knew, okay, well, the fact of on whatever was about a third of the way down the page and I'd see it that way. But you're right. 20 minutes after the test, it was gone, um, you know, because it was just caught in that short-term memory. And then the second I didn't have to remember it anymore, I didn't. Yep. So I'm curious, we're going to talk, you know, obviously in depth about a lot of the, the techniques that you've got, but what do you do and, and what do they do in the U.S. Memory Championship? I mean, how, how does that, I mean, that just fascinates me. Yeah, so the U.S. Mem Memory Championship is an annual competition mm -hmm. held in, it's been held in various locations over the years. Currently, the finals are held at MIT, mm -hmm. uh, the university on the East Coast, and it's one day, basically, of hardcore memorization. Uh, it goes about 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., various mm -hmm. events. One is memorizing the longest string of computer-generated random digits that you can perfectly. Oh. Um, in five minutes. So mm -hmm. I had done about 132 digit sequence forwards and backwards perfectly in five minutes. Another event is the fastest time for memorizing a shuffled deck of playing cards. Mm -hmm. uh, my best time back when I was competing was just under 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, some people can even do it under 30 seconds. Wow. I mean, you can't even move the cards that fast. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, so people have mastered even the, in order to get through all the cards mm -hmm. that quickly, and they're memorizing basically as quickly as their mm -hmm. eyes are scanning the cards. Right. So um, that's one of the events. Uh, another one, names and faces. So uh, as many names as you can memorize mm -hmm. in 15 minutes, uh, people can memorize hundreds of names mm -hmm. in just 15 minutes in this competition. Um Poetry is another event, so mm -hmm. they write a poem specifically for U.S. Memory Championship so that mm -hmm. there's no chance that anyone has seen it anywhere before. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's not, hey, we're going to do Shakespeare. Hmm, I just happened to have read Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they create a, a poem specifically for the championship, and it's very, it's made very difficult to memorize on purpose. So mm -hmm. a lot of times there's no rhyming. There's a lot of punctuation. Uh, inserted where you might not even expect it because mm -hmm. in addition to memorizing the poem word for word, you have to remember and indicate every instance of a capital letter. Oh, okay. Every semicolon, mm -hmm. colon, comma. Uh, if something was in bold or italics, you mm -hmm. have to remember and indicate that as well. So it's mm -hmm. uh, incredibly difficult. They have an event later on 
in the finals because at various points this championship has been televised. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made it TV friendly. One part of that is they'll have an event where people will come onto the stage one at a time, give their first name, last name, um, their, their residence, the city, mm-hmm. the state, the zip code, their favorite hobbies, their favorite foods, their pet name, the name of the pet, type of pet, color mm-hmm. of the pet, favorite car, year, make, model, color, all of this, they rattle it off. Then five, six more people come on to the stage rattle off the same information, they'll randomly bring one person out and say, okay, what was the year, make, and model of their car? Or, Hmm. you know, what's their phone Mm -hmm. number? So that one is incredibly difficult. They call it the tea party events. Uh, That should give you an idea Mm -hmm. of the types of things that are covered in the U.S. Holy cow. (laughs) Now, is there an international? Because you are the international man of memory. So is there an international competition? Yeah, so I won the United States Memory Championship and then represented the U.S. in the World Memory Mm -hmm. Championship. So there is an international competition. Uh, That one is about three days long. That's been held in various locations depending Mm -hmm. on the year, but all all over the world. Um, It's pretty intense. I mean, you get the best in the world there at memory. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy there at the World Memory actually memorized the entire dictionary advanced learners edition in English and Chinese. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He did a demonstration for people that were in the audience and for people from the media that were there filming, they would call out any page number in the dictionary, give Mm -hmm. a row column combination within a few seconds. He could tell you the word there and its definition from memory Mm -hmm. and he could even do the reverse. So if you just called out a random word, say chair, Mm -hmm. He would think about it for a few seconds. Okay, I think chairs on page 737, Mm -hmm. row five, and he was right every single time. So these are the types of people that you get over at the World Mm -hmm. Memory Championship. It's Mm -hmm. pretty pretty intense. International man of memory is really not because I represented the U.S. in the World Memory Championship, but because I'm an international speaker and give Mm -hmm. presentations all over the world. Right again, in more than 30 different countries. Mm -hmm. So that's how I became known as the international man of memory. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, now we hear people say that someone has a photographic memory. Is is that similar? Is it something totally different? So in fact, Deb, there is no such thing as a photographic memory. (laughs) Um, It is just a term that we throw around. We all throw that term around a lot Mm -hmm. and apply it to someone that has a really good or very Right, because we're we're assuming they they see the image. Like I said, they see the page, you know, things like that. Yeah, so what you described in terms of what you were doing when you were studying and what some people describe, you have a, a very strong visual memory. Mm-hmm. But it, isn't just, it just isn't a truly photographic memory. So right. there, it, there is, so in, in the media, in movies like mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting and A Beautiful Mind, it's depicted almost like a superpower, this, this mm-hmm. idea of photographic memory. But there has been research done to prove that it doesn't uh, truly exist. I'll give you a couple of quick, quick examples. Mm-hmm. One, they will test someone in various ways that has a really good memory when they're not expecting it they will just give them a random grid of numbers all right ah. they memorize mm-hmm. the grid they say please recall a row from that grid from left to right they will they will record how long it takes the person to recall the row hmm. so say great job impressive mm-hmm. now please recall for us a row from that grid diagonally Oh, <laughs> now, there are the same number of squares mm-hmm. diagonally as there are going across. Mm-hmm. If it were truly a photographic image that they were pulling up in their mind mm-hmm. of the grid, you would expect the recall time to be approximately the same mm-hmm. right. as when they're recalling. Because they're seeing time. the image as opposed yeah. to the characters. But the recall time is always much greater. Mm-hmm. So what this proves is that when someone is recalling that, they are not just pulling up a photographic Mm -hmm. image in their mind of the grid. There's some other way that they have powerfully encoded that information into their memory, Mm -hmm. but it isn't a photographic image. Another um, experiment, they'll test someone in various ways when they're not expecting it. 
-hmm. they will just give them a random splattering of dots on a page. Mm -hmm. That random splattering of dots has Mm -hmm. no meaning. It forms no picture whatsoever. They ask them to reproduce that. No one has ever been able to do that. So Mm -hmm. what that proves, again, is when someone has an extraordinary ability to remember things, Mm -hmm. they have some sort of method that they're using. Right. Some sort of technique. But it isn't just a photographic uh, mm-hmm. image. Nobody can just take mm-hmm. a mental snapshot mm-hmm. and perfectly reproduce that. It is not how it's uh, mm-hmm. depicted to us in movies. But again, we throw that term around. People, a lot of people say that I have a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. I went to Berkeley and did well with very little study time. And people would say, wow, you must have a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. But it was not about that. I just had you know, powerful strategies, mm-hmm. effective techniques that I was using. Right. Okay, well, let's talk about some of those techniques because I think probably everyone struggles a bit with their memory to some degree, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I was, I was sharing before we started the program, I've had quite a few surgeries in the last five years. So a whole lot of anesthesia, which is, you know, probably killed a brain cell or two. And then I'm just getting older. Um, But I think that's also become, in some ways, an excuse. You know, oh, I don't, I don't remember that because, as opposed to actually forcing myself to remember it or even thinking about it. And then I tell people, you know, there's just so much up here that some of it just gets shoved out. <laughs> you know, you just, you know, there's no room to, to, to do that. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. Many people come up with a lot of excuses to not remember. And that's really in, in many cases what it is. It's an excuse. You know, I, I tell people I can't remember names. Well, because I think I can't remember names, I can't remember names. You know, I've talked myself into that. But, you know, there, you've got three main principles to really help people develop powerful memory skills. So let's go through those and get rid of all of these silly excuses that we have. Yeah, I want to touch on the excuses just very quickly, and then I will uh, get on to the main okay. uh, principles of improving your memory. Really, you you hit the nail on the head there. They all really are just uh, excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, really, anyone can develop powerful memory, and mm-hmm. I think your listeners will realize that as we get into the principles and the uh, some interactive exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no such thing as filling up your head. With <laughs> there, there's not, it's not a computer hard drive that there's only a certain space. Not at all. And <laughs> I hear people use that excuse quite a lot. Oh, I don't want to fill my head with mm-hmm. this. I want to save space for something else. But in fact, uh, that's, I think, a an excuse to be very wary of because mm-hmm. you're actually going to be hurting your learning right. and memory in the long run because learning and memory always comes down to, no matter if you're going to use the techniques that I use that we'll talk about today or any other um, Mm -hmm. strategy for memory and learning, it's always going to come down to creating a connection in your mind Mm -hmm. between something new that you are trying to learn Mm -hmm. and something that you already know. Okay. So in fact, the more that you already know, the easier it becomes mm. to learn new things. Mm-hmm. So you should, in fact, try to stuff your head, fill your brain with as mm-hmm. much information as possible, and then it will only become much easier for you mm-hmm. to learn new things. Mm. So it's the exact okay. opposite, mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what people are thinking when they use that excuse uh, with themselves. You'll mm-hmm. note that people, for instance, let's say someone has a PhD in math, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to notice that when you talk with those types of people, they're not just very knowledgeable in math. Mm-hmm. They tend to be very knowledgeable in many different right. uh, mm-hmm. areas, right? Um, people with PhDs, no matter what, what their PhD might mm-hmm. be in, it's because they've learned so much, mm-hmm. it becomes easier to learn right. other things as well. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to address that. One of the common excuses mm-hmm. in fact that I hear now let me get into those principles. Principles, because okay. really anyone can develop mm-hmm. a powerful memory. Just keeping three things in mind. Okay. One is creating visuals. This is mm-hmm. very important. So no matter what the information type might be, try to come up with an image in your mind or series of images to represent the information. We are mm-hmm. all very good at remembering things that we see. Mm. An example that we can relate to 
names when you're meeting people. Let's say mm-hmm. you go to a party, right, Deb? You're mm-hmm. meeting a lot of new people at this party. Two weeks after it's over, you're talking with one of your friends that was there with you, and your friend mm-hmm. describes someone to you from the party. Your friend says, hey, Deb, remember that attorney that we met a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago? He's also, uh-huh. he's also a member of the tennis club. Mm-hmm. As your friend goes through the description of the person, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can picture who they're talking about from right. the party. You might even remember what they were wearing, where mm-hmm. they were standing when you met them, as your mm-hmm. friend is describing them. Obviously, your friend can picture who they're talking about, mm-hmm. but a lot of times neither one of you can manage to remember what the person's name was. Right. We remember the odd details, but we don't remember the important thing. So, yeah, and the main point from that is that you remember the image, right? Mm-hmm. You can remember what the right. person So we and we might remember tennis or you know whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another example: you are describing to a friend or family member an actor from a TV show or Mm -hmm. movie. As you're going through that description, very clearly in your mind, you can picture who you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. You can picture this actor, but you can't remember the name. Your friend or family member also is drawing a blank at that moment, and it's frustrating to both of you. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to illustrate with those examples there is that when it comes to dealing with people, a lot of times we are very good at remembering the face. We can pull up the image in mm-hmm. our mind of the person, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't remember the name. This right. makes sense because when we are interacting with people in various ways, we see the face, mm-hmm. right? We see mm-hmm. the person. That face is recorded into our visual memory, but mm-hmm. at no point do we see the name. The name is something much more abstract mm-hmm our brain. So one way to get better at remembering names is to turn those names into powerful visuals. So Mike, the name Mike, I might picture a microphone. Oh, okay. The name Alice, sometimes I would picture a white rabbit because it Mm -hmm. reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. Okay. So a visual is going to help you. I'll get into names probably in much more detail toward Mm -hmm. the end of... Right. Yeah, because names, I think, are one of the biggest bugaboos for business people. Yeah. So we'll get into that in great detail. If we have time uh, mm-hmm. later on, uh, for now, though, what I wanted to introduce here was the principle of turning information into a visual. Okay. And I just illustrated it mm-hmm. with a couple of, of examples mm-hmm. related to names. But mm-hmm. the overarching principle, picture mm-hmm. what you want to remember, and it will be easier to recall mm-hmm. it later. Mm-hmm. Principle number two, from there, as you can, try to involve additional senses. Mm. As you involve additional senses, when trying to encode information into memory, you're activating more and more areas of your brain, Mm -hmm. and you are building more and more connections in your mind to the information, Mm -hmm. making it easier to retrieve it later. So at one point, I starred in an episode of PBS's Nova Science the episode that I starred in was titled, How Smart Can We Get? People can just Google Chester Santos and PBS. Mm-hmm. You'll probably find the clip. If people want to watch it later, you should be able to check it out for free on the PBS website. Mm-hmm. If you do look at that, you're going to see they had me on the show performing what at first seemed like crazy feats of memory. Then they had me train David Pogue, mm-hmm. who people might also know from the New York Times and mm-hmm. CBS News. He is a correspondent for the technology industry. After I trained him a bit, he was able to perform some pretty cool memory feeds mm-hmm. on the show. Then they had some brain scientists, mm-hmm. neuroscientists come on the mm-hmm. show and explain, mm-hmm. okay, how in the world did Chester do that? How did David Pogue do it with just a little bit of training? Mm-hmm. And these brain scientists confirmed that it's because with these memory techniques that I've mastered over the years and that people will learn about during the interview today, what's happening is we are recruiting extra areas of our brain. Mm. areas of the brain Mm -hmm. that most people would never involve when committing things to memory. With these techniques, we're recruiting more of the brain to help us. Mm -hmm. So it becomes so much easier to remember. And part of this is learning to utilize additional senses Mm -hmm. in order to activate more of the brain. So that was the second principle, more Mm -hmm. senses. Third and final principle, while you are seeing and experiencing all of this in your mind, Mm -hmm. Try to make it all crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way because there is a psychological Mm -hmm. aspect to human memory. Deb, if while we're doing this interview and if while people are listening to this, 
if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room that you're in and to mm-hmm. the room that your listeners are in, if an elephant just crashed into the room that you're at right now, started spraying water all over you with its trunk, if that actually happened at this moment, you would We'd probably, remember it forever. Yes, you would probably <laughs> remember that mm-hmm. for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. And always tell that story. You're never going to believe this. I was listening to the interview with this memory mm-hmm. guy and uh, an elephant crashed into the room. It may be stuck there for the rest of your life without mm-hmm. you even trying. Right. Because it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No effort on your mm-hmm. part. Right. To this day, it still isn't fully understood mm-hmm. how exactly that works in the brain. How mm-hmm. is it? That in one instant, something can go straight into long-term memory, mm-hmm. whereas other times we have really important information right. that, will yeah. Us, mm-hmm. yeah, that will really benefit us to know in our business, mm-hmm. in our career, and we spend weeks, months, and we just keep forgetting things, mm-hmm. right? How is that? Although it isn't fully understood, we do realize that there is this aspect to human memory realizing it, we can harness it, take advantage of that mm-hmm. and apply it to things that would be very useful to remember facts mm-hmm. and figures to better demonstrate your expertise in your field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, presentations, mm-hmm. foreign language vocabulary, exam, training material. Mm-hmm. There are so many benefits because memory, again, is fundamental to learning. It's a mm-hmm. fundamental part of learning. So when you improve your ability to remember, it's going to have a positive impact on mm-hmm. multiple areas right. of, of your life. So mm-hmm. that's an important principle. When we combine the three things that we just talked about, visualization, utilizing mm-hmm. additional senses from there, and you use your creativity and imagination to make it all strange, mm-hmm. extraordinary in some way, the second you put those three principles into practice, instantly it becomes easier to remember really mm-hmm. just about anything at all. Cool, cool. Well, let's try it. I know, I know we want to try an interactive exercise with me. So let's see how I can do with, with this. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to keep those three principles in mind and now okay. apply them toward trying to commit to memory very quickly here, a long random list of words. It's going to be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese and dollar now don't worry i know (laughs) i got monkey iron (laughs) yeah you're above average there actually a lot of people wouldn't even remember the second word a lot of times when i recite that list of words to live audiences i get people looking at me like all right they totally freak out right away Mm -hmm. Uh, they're like chester you're crazy there's no Mm -hmm. way i'm going to be able to remember that Mm -hmm. not unless you give me a lot of time to do it but Mm -hmm. in fact Deb, you will have this and your listeners will have this all down perfectly forwards and backwards with only about three minutes of study time. Oh. And without any further review at all, mm-hmm. even a week from now, a couple of weeks from now, people will still know this forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. I get people emailing me even months later wanting to show me that they're so amazing. They remember monkey iron. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> they just can't believe. They can't believe that it locks so solidly into memory mm-hmm. after just a, a few minutes. So we're going to give this a try. The okay. key here over the next few minutes, Deb, is to just relax. Okay. Have fun with it. Okay. Don't, um, Don't really stress work. over this. It's not a test. <laughs> yeah, if, people, if people go to my website later on and they check out, I have a two-minute video with some of my media clips. They'll see me on CNN and during that interview, I'm smiling, I'm mm-hmm. giggling as I'm memorizing a half deck of cards mm-hmm. in just two minutes during the commercial break. Um, people, you know, if you're smiling and giggling during this exercise, it's a good sign you're going to remember the word. So just that's, that's a key to this, right? Shift okay. your approach. Make this a fun exercise mm-hmm. rather than something difficult mm-hmm. and boring to do. So I want for you to visualize a monkey because that was the first word. Right. right? Just see mm-hmm. this monkey is dancing around. Mm-hmm. The monkey is making monkey noises. Whatever monkey would sound like. I'm okay. working on the monkey impression. The point here is to see and hear the monkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. The monkey now picks up a gigantic iron. Okay. That was the next word. So mm-hmm. just see this monkey is dancing around with this giant iron, you can just see it like a movie or cartoon playing in, in your head. Visualize that the iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. 
maybe even feel the rope. Maybe it feels sort of rough, mm-hmm. all right? Really interact with it. You feel that rope. You look up the rope. You see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite, and it's flying around in the air. Maybe you reach up and try and touch it, but it's just out of your reach, that mm-hmm. kite, okay? The kite now crashes into the side of a house. Really see it, smash into the house. Picture that as best you can. You notice now that this house is completely covered in paper. For some strange reason, it's covered in paper. Paper was the next word I had had given you. Again, the key, just try to play through this in your mind mm-hmm. as a little story happening. The paper's there. You notice out of nowhere, a shoe appears out of thin air. It starts to walk all over the paper. Really see that shoe. Mm-hmm. The shoe smells pretty badly, so you decide to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe, and you find a little worm crawling around inside the shoe. Really see that smelly worm. The worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something. I don't know. Envelope was next. A pencil appears out of thin air magically, and it starts to write all over that envelope. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's addressing it. I'm not sure. Just see that pencil. Mm Mm-hmm. The pencil now jumps into a river and there's a huge splash like you would never expect when it hits the river. Mm-hmm. The river, you notice, is crashing up against a giant rock. Picture that. Mm-hmm. This rock flies out of the river and it crashes into a tree. Really see it smash into this tree. Visualize that tree. The tree, you notice, is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that before. This one is growing cheese. Mm-hmm. And out of each piece of cheese shoots a dollar, okay? The last word is dollar. So just see a dollar come out of the cheese. That was it. Some people at this point would already be able to recall all of the words uh, pretty easily by just going through the story in their mind. But I'm going to go through this very quickly one more time in about 20, 30 seconds and just replay through this story. So we've got the monkey was dancing around with what? It was an iron. An iron. What then attached? It was a rope. A rope. The other end of the rope was attached. The to The kite. Kite crashed into what? It was the house a that was, was made of paper. Paper. What walked on it? A, was shoe. a shoe. And then we had a worm. Worm. The worm the, jumped into that. The river. Envelope. The envelope. Oh, the envelope. And then the pencil. The pencil wrote then on. And the it. pencil the went pencil in the river. river, and the river the hit the rock. The rock hit the tree. The tree had cheese, and the cheese had a dollar. You got it. So now (laughs) you already pretty much had it down there, Deb. I'm going to have you try to recall those words completely on your own by playing through the story in Mm -hmm. your mind. And I encourage your listeners to just give this a try as well and see how they do. Each major object you see in the story should give you the next random word. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to close my eyes so I can see the story. Uh, Okay. So monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, Worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, dollar. Excellent, Dad. That Yay! Was very awesome <laughs> and I did. I saw it the entire time. Awesome. That was really nicely done. And under pressure, too, I just put you on the spot there. I so. know. And I promise, I for everybody, I did not write anything down. This, this was, you know, nope, nope. This was just my little brain. Yeah, I can see you just looking straight into the camera. Mm-hmm for the interview. So you're definitely not looking at anything um, super impressive. Now what I want to have you attempt to do and and your listeners can give this a try as well. Try to do that backwards. Try to give me the words backwards by simply going through the story in your mind in reverse. Okay. So we got dollar, cheese, tree, rock, river, pencil, envelope, worm, shoe, paper, house, kite, rope, iron, monkey. Very nicely done as well. Back. I got it. Deb, yeah. <laughs> so go to um, go back even. Let me have you go from the pencil. What's mm-hmm. next backwards? Okay. So so which way am I going from the pencil? Backwards. Backwards. Pencil, envelope, paper. No worm. Pencil, envelope, worm, shoe, paper, house, kite, rope, iron, monkey. You got it. And no matter where I give you, so if I just gave you a random word Mm -hmm. from within that series and I asked you to go forwards or backwards, you would be able to do it. Because I'm playing that story. Yeah. So you've really powerfully encoded 
that set of items, this information into your memory. Now, we are, and I'm sure your listeners got a 100% or close to it, if not 100%. We are talking about random words now, but this, these images could represent uh, points of a presentation right. that you wanted to give. Mm-hmm. And you're meeting with a client or a potential client, or it's a presentation mm-hmm. in front of colleagues. These could be 5, 10, 15 key things you want to make sure you want, you want to mention mm-hmm. during that meeting. I'll get into... Uh, how this applies to more than just random words later on, but mm-hmm. we learned something called the story method. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the story method is just one of many techniques that memory champions like myself use to pull off what at first might seem like, you know, extraordinary right. memory feats, mm-hmm. but really. And they were totally like, random. I mean, it made no sense when you just think about the words. Yeah. It's completely random there. They're, they are not at all related uh, to each other, but you created this story to connect Mm -hmm. them all and powerfully encode them in your mind. Um, There's nothing different at all about my brain compared to everyone else's. I've just learned these types of techniques Mm -hmm. that are powerful and effective. I've put in the training and practice. Again, everybody listening to this interview today, everyone is capable of developing a powerful memory. Mm -hmm. Now more than ever, you're going to stand out, be more memorable, more impressive to people in the business world when you have a powerful memory because we are living in an age of sometimes I call it dangerous digital dependency. Right. And with, you know, the average person can't remember much at all, or at least it, you know, they won't remember much at right. all. Really and and that, that I think is a key is we, we, we don't make ourselves do it. You know, how many times have we gone to a presentation and the person reads their own PowerPoint slides? Ah! <laughs> Which is another um, another issue. Yeah, that, we're that, lazy. Yeah, you know, we'll just put that out there. We're lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're giving a specific <laughs> symptom there of the digital dependency, mm-hmm. and people are. You know, I give presentations around the world, but sometimes even, you know, there can be famous professors at this mm-hmm. conference, but their review from the audience might not be the best because mm-hmm. they, they were just like, "Here's slide number one on my research. Right. Here's slide number mm-hmm. two," and they're just reading. It, or they have a bunch of charts that are mm-hmm. putting people to sleep. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be a more uh, effective, more persuasive speaker when you're able to minimize the amount of notes. And I'll get into how you can mm-hmm. do that later on. But what I was talking about was the digital dependency in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and you gave one example, another example, phone numbers. So nowadays right. you give somebody one phone number and mm-hmm. they completely paralyzed. They cannot mm-hmm. do it. Right. Whereas, you know, when I was growing up, not only did we all know everyone's, you know, f- the phone number of friends, family mm-hmm. members, mm-hmm. parents would also give me emergency numbers that they mm-hmm. felt were important for me to know. We all used to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But again, today, one phone number, people fe- feel completely paralyzed. There are a lot of people out there nowadays that don't even remember their own phone number. Right. Because they've got a, a, you know, a, something programmed into their phone. We're like, you know, they might say Siri phone home, you know, and, and so, yeah, they don't have to remember it. I could not tell you my husband's phone number. Yeah. And it's a really good example of the use it or lose it principle. Mm-hmm. So the point is that if I were to give you one phone number, mm-hmm. a lot of people could not do it because they have lost that ability. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they were able to memorize very quickly. Right. And we're talking 10 digits. This should not yeah. be complicated. Yeah. 10 digits. Yeah. With the um, area code in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, navigation is another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. I rely on my GPS so much. Yeah. So you will find that there are some Uber and Lyft drivers out there mm-hmm. that may have been driving in, the, in a city even for three, four, mm-hmm. five years. And if something's wrong with the network connection <laughs> or something's wrong with the app at that moment, mm-hmm. they just it's happened to me many times. Mm-hmm. They will just have to pull over and restart their phone a bunch right. of times until hopefully eventually mm-hmm. whatever issue resolves itself. Mm-hmm. And this applies to even just basic, I've had people say, you know, take Mm -hmm. me to the civic center. So common landmarks Mm -hmm. in that city, they won't learn them even after many years Mm -hmm. of driving. So it's a good example, again, of what happens when you become one, when you turn off your brain completely Mm -hmm. and you become 100% dependent on 
technology, right. uh, digital devices. So mm-hmm. we are definitely in an age of, I sometimes call it dangerous digital mm-hmm. dependency. It is. Um, but the flip side is that because of this, if you're someone that makes it a point, you know, during this interview mm-hmm. and hopefully people will follow through after the interview to continue to develop their memory mm-hmm. skills, there's such a huge opportunity right. to really just set yourself apart from mm-hmm. other business professionals. Right. Yeah, and, and we do. I mean, we rely so much on technology that it's, it is almost scary, you know, and, and then if and when the technology fails, we're in serious trouble. You know, you know, like you said, GPS doesn't work. You know, your phone battery dies. And so all of a sudden you can't remember, you know, as I said, your spouse to be able to call home. You know, all of these various things. And it, it's, and I'm going to come back to, we're lazy. We've gotten used to the fact that it's on here, it's on whatever. And, you know, it's so, so I don't have to remember how to get there. And, you know, and, and sometimes visualization doesn't quite work. I, it was funny. I was laughing. We had this discussion on Facebook the other day where somebody said, you know, giving directions in the South is always a challenge because a lot of times they'll say, turn at Waffle House. Well, there's a Waffle House on almost every corner. So that doesn't work. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, it's just the, the, we've, we have gotten to where we, 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 as you said, we don't use that, that, that part of our brain anymore. Yeah, exactly. So you want to work on it. Again, anyone can develop a powerful ability to remember. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I give these one minute tips every week on my Instagram. People can look for me on Instagram if they want to check it out later. But Mm -hmm. I I visit famous locations around the world and talk about how they in some way relate to memory. So one that I gave at the the time, I thought it might be a little silly people might view it as a bit silly in that I was at a location where they filmed the TV show lost and the movie avatar at least oh, okay. mm-hmm. uh, different various TV shows and films had been shot around there. And I talked about how, you know, with these fantastical themes in mind from these TV shows and movies, let us consider maybe, you know, an alien Uh, attack knocked out our technology Mm -hmm. you know we would be completely helpless or maybe more believable than that is that you know we develop some sort of ai that Mm -hmm. eventually develops extreme intelligence and the ai AI for whatever reason decides to hey we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna take over Mm -hmm. yeah the ai is going to shut off or limit our access to uh technology Mm -hmm might be able to do that, you know, we're, we're going to be in a lot of trouble if we've lost all of these basic mental mm-hmm. abilities, mental functions like memory that we used to have, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed a little bit more uh, potentially silly until this year with everything that's going I know. on. Mm-hmm. This year, I almost feel like I'm living in a, a science fiction mm-hmm. oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or, or something with, with the pandemic that we're in the middle of. And then also, I don't know if you saw the Pentagon uh, has initiated a task force to investigate. Right, the they, UFOs. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. so I'm like, You know, okay. I have been to Area 51. Oh, well, <laughs> so you know, in 2020 now, I'm thinking, okay, maybe that tip that I gave wasn't so... Yeah, awesome. not so fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you never know. I, but regardless, I think it's really important to people for people to not lose these, uh, these mm-hmm. mental abilities. And right. one important one is that of memory. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and as we age, yes, you know, there are things that are, are going to happen, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing that, that you were saying. We have to keep working our brain. Um, you know, it always concerns me when I talk to someone who says, oh, I never read. What do you mean you don't read (laughs) for fun, for anything? And they say, oh, no, I I don't read books. I don't read the newspaper. Now, I grew up doing that. I mean, that was always, that was one of the, 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 my biggest memories of childhood is my father reading to me. I'm an only child. And so every night he would come and read to me. And he only had an eighth grade education level, um, but he was a voracious reader, um, you know, and, and so he would read for at least an hour every night. So, so yeah, that just kind of keeps things going and I don't care what it is, you know, whether it's, you know, nonfiction, fiction, whatever, it kind of keeps your brain going as opposed to just sitting and being the vegetable in front of TV. Right. You know, and and, mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, it's very important, mm-hmm. Deb. Reading um, is going to be really beneficial to you mm-hmm. um, at any age. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the, the overarching point here is reading, doing crossword puzzles, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Keep yourself mentally mm-hmm. active. So right. there is a lot of research out there that unfortunately uh, shows that people tend to notice a big drop cognitively mm-hmm. and also physically soon after they retire. Right. And this is because most people, once they retire, there was this huge chunk of your life you were active mentally with certain mm-hmm. activities. Mm-hmm. And if you don't replace that with mm-hmm. something else, so a mm-hmm. lot of people, they just stay more a lot at home a lot more and they do mm-hmm. watch more TV and things like that. Um, you're going to start to decline mm-hmm. cognitively if you don't replace your uh, job activities mm-hmm. with other mental right. you know, exercise. Mm-hmm. And another aspect to that is also interaction. So you're losing the social interaction mm-hmm. that you have with coworkers. Yeah. So if you don't replace that with, some sort of maybe club. Mm -hmm. I've given presentations for a group called SIRS in retirement that Mm. they meet every week and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they, 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 they golf or they do a bunch of activities Mm -hmm. together every week, but that really helps. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind that you want to maintain social interactions Mm -hmm. always as you're getting older and definitely keep yourself mentally active, whether it's reading, whether it's these types of memory exercises, Mm -hmm but really get in that brain exercise. And Mm -hmm. you can keep your memory. If you do that, you can keep your memory strong really at any age. Right. You know, and that's been one of the things that has concerned me during the pandemic is the fact that, you know, we've gone from, now things are are obviously loosening up a bit, but, you know, we went from all that interaction with people. You know, even if we're, we've got a home-based business, we were probably, (coughs) excuse me, at least still meeting with clients you know, going to networking meetings, all those things, and then wham, all of a sudden, we're not talking to anybody. And I think that's the, you know, and, and, and now, of course, we're hearing a lot of people saying that they're very depressed, they're very sad. And I do think it's because we're missing that human interaction. And our brains are just kind of going, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it- <laughs> a normal uh, situation for human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, We really weren't built to be alone. Right. Uh, Yeah. I've even heard, you know, people that I know are introverts say, I hate this. I hate this. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been, I, I, I've noticed myself. I I actually feel with, I live in San Francisco. So we Mm -hmm. were the first city in the country to lock down and we're Mm -hmm. probably going to be the last to fully Mm -hmm. uh, open things up. Mm -hmm. You know, I have felt myself, I feel like I'm not as razor sharp as, as I right. was. Because, I was because you're not giving, having to be. Yeah, I was <laughs> going out giving presentations mm-hmm. three to five times a week. Now I'm giving no presentations mm-hmm. per week. Really, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't have that interaction with people anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm trying to adjust by doing these things like this, mm-hmm. podcast right. interviews when, uh, when I can. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you having me on, on your mm-hmm. show to get my message out to people. But yeah, the, the lack of social interaction, I think, has affected me cognitively. Mm-hmm. Also, I I started to experience some things. I had to go to the doctor, whereas I've never had any issues. I'm still, mm-hmm. thankfully, on the younger side. Mm-hmm. But I started, the, the doctor said, maybe it's from, you know, just being in one position all day long. Ah, uh, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Long, you know, not, yeah, because not, we're used to getting up, walking around, doing all sorts of things. Problem with my neck, and not, you know, they have some theories as to what was going on with me. But the point is, it is not good for your cognitive right, uh, right. function or physical mm-hmm. or physically mm-hmm. as well to be in isolation. So, although we all do need to spend more time at home with what's going on, mm-hmm. um, whenever possible, you know, wear your mask, follow all the recommended mm-hmm. precautions. And get out. <laughs> yeah, be as safe as possible, but mm-hmm. try to get out and, and get those interactions in mm-hmm. really as you can. I didn't notice this, but on the San Francisco Public Health Department, with the stay-at-home orders, mm-hmm. they actually put a warning about ah. the, the dangers of isolation mm-hmm. and lack of social hmm. interaction. Interesting. I didn't re- realize that. So it's, it's something important to keep in mm-hmm. mind right. during this, uh, this unfortunate mm-hmm. pandemic going on. Right, right. 
Well, we've only got about, you know, 10 minutes left or so. And so, you know, let's talk about the, the big thing. You know, we can't remember people's names. You know, we've, we might have even gone, and now, of course, we haven't seen them for months. But, you know, we might go to the same networking meeting with them every month. It might be a client. Eek, that's horrible to not remember a client's name. But, you know, so, and, and the funny thing is, I mean, I know people who really can remember everybody's name. That's just one of those things. Now, I'm pretty good at a face. I can remember if I've seen you and met you, but there are times where the names are just, just gone. So let's, let's really walk through you know, some of the tips that you've got for remembering people's names. Sure. So, Deb, I talked about the visual earlier. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is combine that with four simple steps that anyone can put into practice mm-hmm. right after they listen to this interview today. So step number one, From this day forward, whenever you are introduced to someone, make it a point to immediately repeat their name Mm -hmm. and shake their hand if you can. Okay. So if you're introduced to Bump elbows. (laughs) Yeah, or nowadays, yeah, nowadays bump elbows, yeah. So, you know, if you're introduced to someone named John, just nice to meet you, John, or Mm -hmm. pleased to meet you, John. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds obvious. I know that sounds pretty obvious probably, but a lot of times... When we're introduced to someone, our mind is all over the place. We're thinking right. about all, all sorts of other things. Yeah, you know, what's for lunch? Oh, I saw. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't pay much attention to the name. Mm-hmm. So that first step, that first step, forces you to pay attention for mm-hmm. at least one second. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you could repeat the name right back to the right. person. You've got to hear it once, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that first step, start it today. Mm-hmm. And eventually it's going to become a habit, second nature. You'll mm-hmm. automatically be doing that. Step mm-hmm. number two, early on in your interaction with the person, ask them a simple question using their name. So, John, how do you know Deb? Mm-hmm. Or, John, how long have you been with this organization? Mm-hmm. I'm writing it. this down. <laughs> and I don't, and I want to clarify, I don't mean use the name over and over again. Right, because that's where, a little freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where it seems sort of weird. Really, I just mean use it once Mm -hmm. early on in the interaction. That's Mm -hmm. enough to reinforce it in your mind. Mm -hmm. Number three, take a few seconds or less to think of a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know. Mm -hmm. And I mean anything. So John, maybe think of John Lennon. John could be a character Mm -hmm. from a TV show or movie that you like, but it Mm -hmm. could be something simple Mm -hmm. as you have a friend or family member Mm -hmm. that has that same name. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you think of a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know, it really mm-hmm. helps the name stick much better in your mind mm-hmm. and prevent it from just going in one ear and out the other ear. Mm-hmm. And final step, final step here, whenever you leave the meeting, the party, the conference, whatever type of function it might be, make it a point to say goodbye to people actually using their name. Ah. Okay. That last step is going to go a long way toward helping you to remember more of those names the next time you see those mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. that was it. Those four steps right away are going to mm-hmm. dramatically improve your ability to remember names. And if you combine them with the visual thing that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, you're going to be remembering more names than you ever have before. You mm-hmm. might not be 100%, even I'm not 100%, mm-hmm. but if you can remember 80 plus percent of the people you're mm-hmm. meeting, this is really going to pay off big time in your career uh, and personal life. This helps you to build better relationships with people, right? Mm-hmm. This increases your likability factor. Right. People are more likable, more mm-hmm. popular when they mm-hmm. remember people's names and mm-hmm. things about them, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to help you to build better relationships with clients, potential clients. One profession that's very clear on this, politicians. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of politicians actually mm-hmm. go through memory training mm-hmm. uh, programs. They have been some mm-hmm. of my clients over the years. Mm-hmm. because they, they realize that when you can call someone by their name, remember some things about them, the person feels automatically, wow, I must be pretty important to Mm -hmm. you. Right. And that in turn makes them much more interested in getting to know Mm -hmm. you and what you're about better. Mm -hmm. When you think about, you know, in your company or various other organizations that you might be involved with, when you think about the most popular people, you're going to notice those people tend to know everybody and things about them, right? Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a factor and your popularity, your likability is a huge factor in mm-hmm. whether you advance in your career. Right. And your business success in general mm-hmm. it isn't only based on your abilities and 
you know, your performance, the likability popularity in real life is something to consider. And remembering right. names can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah, because we do. We love it when somebody repeats our own name back. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Years ago, I worked for a CEO. Lovely man, you know, really liked him. And he knew that, but he also knew he wasn't all that good with names. So he had a trick. And we had to implement this, but but we did this. And of course, nobody knew that that was why we did this. Everybody had name badges that we had to wear. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. for, for you know several reasons, we had to wear name badges. Yeah. What he had us do was we had to reissue everybody's name badge. And I forget what the reason was that we gave, but we made the first name really big mm-hmm. so that he could almost read it from at least six feet away, if not further. Uh-huh. And so he, and, and, you know, and you, and we also had the rule that you had to have your name badge where it was visible. I mean, you know, it could be in your pocket or, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. So just by glancing at you, he could see your name and he could call you by name. Yeah. People loved it. They thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Of course, we never told his secret because that would have been bad. But yeah. it really was something that it was, it was so important because he would, he would, you know, he'd look, you know, he didn't have a clue really who that person was, but he saw their name and he said, you know, hey, Bob, it is so good to see you today. Now, I couldn't have told you where Bob worked, what area or anything like that, but he saw the name badge. And, and so we also, what we had people do was it, it, you didn't put, like mine said Deb. It did not say Deborah. Because I don't go by Deborah, yeah. um, you know. Because if he'd called me Deborah, I'd know. Ah, he read my name badge, um, yeah. you know. And so that was just a little trick that he used because he saw so many people every day, and he wanted to, to you know, be able to say their name very quickly. Now, obviously, it would have been much better if he just really truly remembered. But that was just a, a quick little thing because he knew how important it was to remember people's names. Yeah. So it's very interesting that with that example there, you've illustrated that it feels really good to people. Yep. hear their name to be mm-hmm. called by name even oh, yeah. if they know that it's because he's reading probably mm-hmm. reading the name yep. tag oh, yeah. mm-hmm. people, people appreciate it so of course it's going to be even more powerful mm-hmm. and you know really appreciated by people if you actually do remember mm-hmm. their names and you're right. you know you're interacting with them, mm-hmm. you're them somewhere in a situation where mm-hmm. name tags like that aren't aren't possible and again this is really going to just uh build better business mm-hmm and personal right, relationships. Right. Um, so I hope people will be encouraged to mm-hmm. get better remembering right. names after they listen to yeah. the tips today. And since we're not going out and, and seeing people now, what I've started doing is when I'm watching TV, I try to remember the actor's name. You know, yep. who is that? You know, what, and at least their first name. And, yep. you know, and, and so that that's starting to trigger that also. Again, kind of keeping that brain muscle working. There you go. That's exactly what it is. You need to keep that muscle working, keep Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, exercise for Mm -hmm. that particular task. In this case, remembering Mm -hmm. uh, people's names. I've had CEOs hire me that wanted to remember the names of the employees, you know, Mm -hmm. so that they could, once they learned the techniques Mm -hmm. from me. So in my, for instance, online memory school that uh, I'll I'll mention at the very end, Mm -hmm. I simulate introducing you to people. Mm-hmm. So I'll have uh, people develop the skill in that way with mm-hmm. just pictures and then the audio gives mm-hmm. you the name. But then the CEOs were later able to, you know, go through the company directory, mm-hmm. memorize the names, and then they mm-hmm. got better, of course, as they were interacting with people right. in person as well. Right. So it definitely is a skill that anyone can develop and it's going to to help you to build better mm-hmm. relationships with people right. in general. Yeah. You know, I remember I'm, I'm from Colorado. I'm in Atlanta now, but I'm from Colorado. And when I was, was still there, that was when Peyton Manning became the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And he actually had to live at the, the headquarters for a while because his family hadn't moved out, things like that. But it was very important to him that he know everybody who worked there, every level. So anybody from maintenance all the way up to team owner. And so he had them go through and put together a notebook that had their pictures, it had their names and a little bit about them. And he, and then he went and he memorized it. Um, But for him, one of the things, and I remember hearing um, an interview with him about why he did that. He said, everybody is as important to an organization as everybody else. Didn't matter if you were the owner or if you were the janitor you're just as important. And so for him, that was, was a big part of it. He was treating them, you know, as, you know, as equal and, and all of those things 
and and basically it was he was just remembering their names and and a couple of little factoids about him. I mean, he was you know clearly very intelligent with with all of this. But yeah, I mean that was and 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 I think that's important for business owners to remember is you're never quite sure. You know, is that the janitor? Is that the business owner? I'd better remember their name. Yeah, definitely. So I hope that you know business owners, entrepreneurs, executives mm-hmm. that might be listening to this interview will uh, you know make it a point to work on remembering people's names. Of course, these types of techniques will make it much easier Mm -hmm. for you to do that. I hope people realize that the types of principles that we talked about, that interactive exercise, again, it won't just apply to to random words. We didn't have time for another exercise um, today, but I just wanted to point out that that monkey can represent something uh, broader. It could Mm -hmm. represent a point of a presentation, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's you'll learn how to build mental uh, note cards. Actually, let's try it. It'll take about one minute. If you okay, okay. Time. So I, want, I, I think it's important to introduce this concept of mental note cards or mental okay. cue cards. So this is something I covered and I was a speaker of, over at Harvard University for their graduate students and mm-hmm. also for SAG-AFTRA, the Actors. Mm-hmm, the Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I covered this concept there to help them with their lines as well. So mental note cards, just visualize in about 30 seconds to one minute, giant machines, Deb, and people follow along that are listening, visualize giant machines. These giant machines are smashing up a huge pile of gold and silver, right? Mm-hmm. See these giant machines smashing up a huge pile of gold and silver, rising up, vehicles, vehicles rise up, shooting out of the windows of the vehicles, you see medicine shooting out of the windows, see that medicine, and exploding out of the medicine, oil. Maybe black petroleum oil is easiest to visualize exploding out of the medicine. I'll run through that again. You'll just review that little mini story. So we have the giant machines. We're smashing up what? Gold and silver. Gold and silver. What rose up? Vehicles rose mm-hmm. up. What shot out of the windows? It was medicine. medicine. And what exploded out? It was oil. So Deb, try to recite those items back to me, and then I'll explain what we actually okay. So we've got machines, gold, silver, vehicles, medicine, oil. You got it. So perfect. And I'm sure people following along were able to recite those as well. What I've had everyone do there is very quickly memorize the top five exports of the UK. So if you were to look up Hmm. the UK's top exports, you're going to find listed machinery, precious 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 metals. metals. Okay. So this is how you're starting to see it's a mental note card mm-hmm, image doesn't need to perfectly match the information mm-hmm. it serves as a, a reminder so it's machinery actually instead of machines right okay precious metals instead mm-hmm. of the gold and silver vehicles is one so mm-hmm. that one matched mm-hmm. then oil medicine, petroleum uh, mm-hmm. actually oh medicine yes mm-hmm. reminding you of pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. is what will be listed and then oil so we had some images there that didn't perfectly mm-hmm. match what you were trying to remember, but it served as a reminder. Right, it's close note. enough. Mm-hmm. So you understand there how you would build basically a whole series mm-hmm. of notes in your head to remind you of even more complex information. It doesn't need to be a simple monkey and an iron, right? Mm-hmm. When Again, when you meet with clients, potential clients, you are so impressive mm-hmm. when you can list off these 5, 10, 15 key things that you right. learned about their company mm-hmm. or five, 10 key things you learned about their competitors or Mm -hmm. their new product lines, people will be looking Mm -hmm. at you like, wow, I can't believe that you know Mm -hmm. all of that. You're really an expert. You're clearly an expert Mm -hmm. in your field, right? And you cared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you cared. You're an expert in your field. People have more confidence in you and your abilities. Um, You're more memorable. I've had, as a one-man business for 12 plus years now, Mm -hmm. I've had to hire attorneys financial mm-hmm. people, all sorts of different types of professionals. Mm-hmm. When I'm, granted, given what I do, I'm a bit extreme, but when I meet with someone and they answer my questions with, mm-hmm. you know, let me look a few things up and I'll get mm-hmm. back to you, or I've done some work in that area, mm-hmm. I will never hire that person ever. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm extreme given what I do. Right, I, right. I have a higher mm-hmm. uh, standard level perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I just won't hire that person. Whereas if someone seems to know everything and mm-hmm. my impression is, wow, they really know their stuff. Right. That's an expert. I've gone out of my way to pay more 
for that particular mm-hmm. service than I originally budgeted because I want somebody that's impressive to me that right. that is the expert. Wow. Well, you you are impressive, and this has been so much fun. And at the very end, I'm going to try and do the list again. So, um, you know, and and but you do have some training programs, and I'm assuming that we can do them now online since we can't, you know, <laughs> the darn pandemic. But tell us a little bit more about your programs, and then how we reach out to you and contact you. Yeah, so I do have a fully interactive online memory school. Mm-hmm. The uh, URL would be memoryschool.net. Okay. I will visualize a gigantic maybe fishing net so you remember that it's .net. Mm-hmm. So people can go to memoryschool.net. I set up a coupon code for your listeners of DEB, D-E-B. Mm-hmm. DEB is the coupon code. That will allow the first 50 people that use coupon code DEB to get started at memoryschool.net without paying the enrollment fee. So cool. there's usually an well, thank initial, you. yeah, there's a, usually an initial $200 enrollment mm-hmm. fee to get uh, immediate access to core training, which is mm-hmm. memory improvement in general, facts that contain figures, mm-hmm. formulas, number information, uh, the simulated introducing to people, mm-hmm. uh, being introduced to people. Uh, so the names, portion, presentations, foreign languages, exam training material, there's a whole advanced training program. Mm-hmm. There's ongoing training every single month as cool. well. So uh, you will get instant access to that. And then there's just a $40 fee for each month of mm-hmm. access and ongoing okay. training. Great. I love it. And again, that's memoryschool.net. <laughs> you got it. Perfect. Well, Chester, this has been great. This has been so much fun. Um, you know, and, Okay, so let's see if I can do this. So monkey, iron, rope, kite. House, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, dollar. Perfect. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's very impressive. And I, I think, you know, even weeks from now, you'll still have that down. And of mm-hmm. course, if you want to remember it long term, you'll just space out your reviews as neat. Right. Reviews. Yeah. In a couple of days, I'll go, okay, now that list again was so. Yeah, and it takes about 30 seconds to just run mm-hmm. through that story in your head, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to do this stuff. I hope people will be encouraged to develop their memory skills to help mm-hmm. them be more successful in business. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having just an absolutely wonderful time talking with Chester Santos of MemorySchool.net. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.